0: Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 4. I thought this message would be good following our week of meetings on a Wednesday night just to try to encourage us as we have all these outreach meetings and stuff taking place. Acts chapter 4, starting at verse 5. And it came to pass on the morrow that their rulers and elders and scribes, and Annas the high priest, and Caiaphas, and John, and Alexander, and as many as were of the kindred of the high priest, were gathered together at Jerusalem. And when they had set them in the midst, they asked, By what power or by what name have ye done this? Then Peter, filled with the Holy Ghost, said unto them, Ye rulers of the people and elders of Israel, If we this day be examined of the good deed done to the impotent man, by what means he is made whole, be it known unto you all and to all the people of Israel that by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom ye crucified, whom God raised from the dead, even by him does this man stand here before you whole. This is the stone which was set at naught of you builders, which has become the head of the corner. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men by where, whereby we must be saved." Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled, and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. And beholding the man which was healed standing with them, they could say nothing against it. Like I said, we just finished a, a week of meetings and a, you don't know how excited Brother Spurgeon was to be able to lead Travis to the Lord. That was a blessing. We need to be praying for him and his wife. And our different outreach ministries, we had it was like I think there was 12 of us on the street corner in Wolcott. okay. And with that, and there was a few tracks given out, and I just thank the Lord for that. But tonight we're going to look at the word boldness in our Bibles. You know, the reason today's Christianity is not more effective in reaching out is because of a lack of biblical boldness. Okay, you're saying, well, wait a minute, I'm not that type of personality. I'm not talking about personal boldness. All right, and we'll see the difference here. Okay, because I want you to see early Christians in early Christianity had boldness, and then they were turning the world upside down. The world doesn't like it. You know, the world doesn't like bold Christians, doesn't like that. Boldness speaks of confidence. They want you unsure. You know, then you can come under religion because religion doesn't give assurance. Okay? So, boldness speaks of confidence, it speaks of liberty, it speaks of assurance. What we see from Scripture is a distinct source of boldness given to the believer now boldness i'm going to give you some definitions the first one is courage bravery spirit fearlessness because our bible tells us that fear of man bringeth a snare second one prominence the quality of exceeding ordinary rules of scrupulous sc- Yeah, sc- yeah bleh, scrupulous nicety i never had that just ask my wife. Scrupulous nicety and caution. Freedom from timidity. Liberty. Confidence is the fourth one. Confident trust. The fifth one freedom from bashfulness. Assurance. We're going to see a few different types or forms of the word bold tonight. And I want you to first mention again, one of the ways of studying your Bible is the law of first mention. I want you to turn to Genesis 34. Genesis 34. Different types of boldness. Verse 25, and it says, And it came to pass on the third day. That was the third day after... Non-Jewish people, want, they wanted their son, wanted to marry Dinah. Okay, so the brothers said, okay, if you're going to marry into our family, you have to be circumcised. It's one thing when it happens to a baby, they have a chance to forget about it, but can you imagine adult males with circumcision? Okay, now three days into the circumcision, when they were sore... That two of the sons of Jacob, Simeon and Levi, Dinah's brethren, took each man his sword and came upon the city boldly and slew all the males. That's the first time you find the boldness in the Bible. You know what that is? That's boldness based off of a what? Unfair advantage. I watch as a pastor, and I thank God not for in this group, but I've seen different times where men are bold in being aggressive physically with their spouses. I've had two men who hurt their wives that I had to deal with. And they said, she makes me mad. I can't control it. And I said, yes, you can. And they told me, no, you can't. And I said, yes, you can, and I'm going to prove it. And I got in their face and started yelling. They backed up, and they go, you're crazy. And I said, no, I'm not. Stopped yelling and went right calm in my voice. They said, you just had a better reason not to be so aggressive towards me as you did towards your wife. And your heart's not right and we forget a member men we we present many times anxiety or frustration in an aggressive manner you know what that does to a female that's boldness to not control your actions because you have an unfair advantage and you don't think there's going to be any recourse I'm sorry. I'm telling you. I, I told you. I've had to learn not to do this. I'm getting too old to do it anyways. But I dealt with a woman who had come to this church. She was in her late 20s. She'd married a man. I tried to tell her not to marry. They were together. She shows up in the church. And we're in the other building. It's right a little while after I first took over. We're in a meeting in another building. And I had to have Beth Smith examined her because the man beat her with a cord. I had to have Lorraine Garnier ride with me in the car because I couldn't ride alone with that girl taking her home meet the husband. You know what happened to his boldness? It went away. The second time I threw him over a table. Now you say, a preacher shouldn't do that. I wasn't being a preacher then. I wasn't. And I said, if you lay a hand on her again, and I showed him the two numbers. One was the sheriff. The other was the police officer. He's now the assistant. Here's the deputy chief of of Auburn City Police. And I said, there's their number. I can call them. They can be here in five minutes. Because he goes, I don't like the way you act. You didn't act like a pastor. And I said, I act more like a pastor than you act like a husband. unfair advantage so in the world you know what you know, people get real bold in government don't they Do you understand that it's a fleshly thing well the flesh strikes against, struggles against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh I was in the flesh I had an unfair advantage over that man he was smaller than me and I was more upset than he was because when I went into that house, he was asleep, and I woke him up, not nicely. I said, you touch her again, the police are coming. Gave her the number. She didn't come to this church for very long. But I want you to understand something. There's biblical boldness, and God can bless that, and we'll see it. And then there's that unfair advantage brought about by different things one God honors the other leads to sin still with me okay see you know what that's boldness based off of when there's no risk to self second mention of boldness in the form of it is in Proverbs 28 and verse 1. You don't need to turn there. It says, the wicked flee when no man pursueth, but the righteous are as bold as a lion. When you're standing for right, you need to be bold in that. That's a strength of character. Finally, my brethren, whatsoever things are true, whatsoever things are honest, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatsoever things are lovely, what sort of things of a good report? If there be any virtue, if there be any praise, think on these things. I like reading about in American history, soldiers soldiers, marines, seamen, whatever whatever branch you want, who showed boldness because they thought they were fighting for a greater cause. Stories of National Medal of Honor winners. Congressional Medal of Honor winners. We had one just go home to the Lord this year, Gary Beichert, from the Vietnam War. Got to know him personally. When you're standing for what's right, you need to be bold. Turn to Ecclesiastes chapter 8. I don't feel intimidated on the street corner and it's not because of my side. It's because I'm saying the right thing. Okay. When I went to the gay pride parade a few years back, up in Buffalo, when we had more men go than the other, any other church. There was eight or nine of us who went up there. The pride parade was coming by And I was doing what I always do when I'm street preach. I start off with nothing but the blood of Jesus. And it's already known that what homosexuals will do is they'll put their urine in a bottle and spray it on you. Think they're going to make you afraid. Guy came by, he sprayed me right in the face and in my mouth. I didn't stop singing. There was a young homosexual. An older one said, Leave that man alone. He believes in what he's saying. That's not based on boldness in Christ. I want you to understand that. Okay? Ecclesiastes chapter 8, verse 1 Who is a wise man and who knoweth the interpretation of a thing? A man's wisdom maketh his face to shine, and the boldness of his face shall be changed. When I read that passage, you know what I thought of? I thought of Moses when he came down from the mount and God had given him the commandments. And what did they notice about him? His face shone. Mark chapter fifteen verse forty three. You don't need to turn there. Joseph of Arimathea boldly requested the body of Jesus. Do you know, in doing so, he put his life in danger? John chapter seven verse twenty six. Again, it says, "Jesus." Let me see here. Jesus in the in the face of the plots to kill him. In John 7:26, it says, "He spake boldly, because the thought is he spake as one having authority and not as the I hate it when somebody says, "Well, you know, possibly, quite maybe, quite probably, because they don't want to take a stand on something. How many of you remember you're over 40 years of age, raise your hand that did ever hit 100 degrees in the summertime, or you had days of 90-plus weeks at a time? You mean it's not global warming? Understand what I'm trying to get to you to see. Go to back to our text in Acts chapter 4. You know what I like when we go straight preaching? We always have at least one or two ladies come who hold up signs and give a track as somebody goes by. They're the nice people. They avoid me, but they, they get off the tracks. In our text, Acts chapter 4, look at verse 13. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were what? Okay. And the ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them. Why? They had been with Jesus. They had been with Jesus. It allowed them to be bold. You know what that tells me? When Jesus is reigning in your heart, you can be bold. If you have no boldness, who's ruling in your heart? Fear of man bringeth a snare. And I'm not saying everybody has to come to the street corner. But I want you to understand, if God is not willing that any should perish and that all should come to repentance, what's my responsibility? Will God give me a command... Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel? Will he give me a command without giving me the the power or the authority to do so? So I just want to ask you, who's ruling? Amen? Who's ruling? Acts 9 and verse 27, it says, Paul preached boldly at Damascus. In Acts 9 and verse 29, it said he spake boldly in the name of Jesus. In Acts 14, 3, Paul speaking boldly in the name of the Lord at Iconium. In Acts 18 and verse 26, he began to speak boldly in the synagogue. In Acts 19 and verse 8, again in the synagogue, he spake boldly. This is the Apostle Paul. He, sp- he spake boldly by the space of three months. I like can remember, I had, hadn't been in Bible college for a very long, Bible Institute, and I read about, uh, I think it was Uncle Bud Robinson, that he <Gift sinisterly voice consulting> couldn't talk without stuttering. He led thousands of people to Christ. He'd walk down the streets in New York City, In witness, you know how many people. You know, can you imagine what that's like? We're just talking about a, a, a a nephew or whatever. Someone who's being picked on because of a speech impediment, and that happens. Happens a lot in school. Okay, if you're an adult and you do that, I'm telling you, you're an idiot. Okay, so that poor man works with some idiots but someone who had a horrible speech impediment was never going to be the can you imagine if I you you listen to me get pregnant pauses I understand I've been told about that but if I stuttered all the way through a message how many would you sit for it but he could still witness on the street to me I find that amazing Go to First Thessalonians, Chapter Two. And no, he wasn't a Baptist. I believe he was a Nazarene. First Thessalonians, you ready? Verse or Chapter Two. For yourselves, brethren, know our entrance in unto you, that it was not in vain. But even after that we had suffered before, and were shamefully entreated, as ye know, at Philippi. Wasn't Philippi one of the best churches that Paul started? He was persecuted there. We were bold in our God to speak unto you the gospel of God with much contention. He had to contend with them, even though he had been persecuted and injured in Philippi. First Timothy, you don't need to turn there, I'll read it for you. And it talks about deacons. And it says, Let the deacons be husbands of one wife, ruling their children in their own house as well. For they have used the office of a deacon well, of a deacon well purchased to themselves a good degree and great boldness in the faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And I want you to say this, boldness can only come in witness consistently when it comes from Jesus Christ. When the burden comes from Jesus Christ, not from your preacher, not from your buddy, but from Jesus Christ, will the boldness be consistent in giving out the track or taking the time see because it's not generated by a fleshly walk turn to second corinthians chapter 10 paul's testimony and i and you hear me quote verses 3 through 6 a, a lot But verse 1 says, Now I, Paul, myself, beseech you by the meekness and gentleness of Christ. Isn't that interesting? The meekness and gentleness of Christ, who in presence am base among you, but being absent am what? Bold towards you. But I beseech you that I may not be bold when I am present with that confidence wherewith I think to be bold against some which think of us as 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 if we walked according to the... You know what he's saying? He's not walking according to the flesh. And he could, gentleness could be when it's received. Boldness comes when there's contention. But it's generated in the Spirit. Ephesians chapter 3. we will try to do this quickly. Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7. Whereof, this is again the Apostle Paul in his epistle to the church at Ephesus, and he says, Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power, unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ, and to make what? All men see what is the fellowship of the mystery from which which from the beginning of the world hath been hid in God, who created all things by Jesus Christ, to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God, according to the eternal purpose which He purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness and access with confidence by faith of Him." Boldness in prayer, boldness in testimony. Romans fifteen and verse fifteen says, Nevertheless, brethren, I have written more boldly unto you in some sort as putting you in mine because of the grace that is given to me of God. We need boldness this day and age. The problem with the church is it's retreating, it's not standing. It's not going forward. You know one thing I love about Emmanuel? Well, we saw someone saved at the end of our meetings. Generally, at least once a month, there's a testimony given about someone coming to Christ. Are they perfect when they come to Him? No, but they come to Christ. You know, that testimony is not the same in a lot of churches. And that's not based on me. It's not based on Pastor Kenny. There's an emphasis put here on the need to witness and to learn to do it through the boldness that Jesus gives you. You'd be surprised how easy it can happen. I'm not good in large groups talking to people. I can handle tracks on a street corner. I don't get to lead them to the Lord very often on a street corner. Pastor Kenny has a few times, but James... Yeah. Okay, but I could witness there and then send them to him. And he's just as humble as it can be. He just kind of, you know, I just want you to understand something. It can be done. We don't need to be afraid. I like it when I hear about people mailing tracts out in their, in their, their bills. Now people pay online. So now when you pay online, I want you to send a scripture verse with your with your payment. How's that? Cuz everything becomes less and less personal, doesn't it? Used to be conversation face to face, then it was telephone. Okay. Then what happens with that? Texting. And people get, they can get very physically bold with texting. Well, then you go to Facebook. And you can be very bold on Facebook. Are you bold in Christ? Ephesians chapter 6. Verse 18. After talking about the whole armor of God, in verse 18 it says, "...praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints, and for me that utterance may be given unto me." See, he's asking prayer, right? Once you put on the armor. "...prayer for him that utterance may be given unto unto me, that I may open my mouth." How? "...to make known the mystery of the gospel." for which I am ambassador in bonds, therein I may speak boldly as I what ought to speak. You're praying for other people to speak boldly? I can, you can ask Judy. That's not a consistent thing. I just go so far, I just go a month or two and I said, Lord, please give me somebody. Give me a soul. Give me somebody. And I say, Jude, you need to pray. Because if I can't lead someone to the Lord, I've got to go out in the woods and kill something. That's my personality. I'm sorry. Only animals in season, okay? But he's asking, when you put on your armor, are you praying that those who do go to the streets or those who are willing to witness that they're given boldness? How about this? For we have not a high priest that cannot be touched by the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are yet without sin. Let us therefore come how? Boldly under the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Is there boldness in your prayers? Do you ask God for something you think the only way it's going to work out is God's got to do it? And then go forward with it? Turn to first John chapter four and we're done. Boldness and prayers. First John chapter four. You see? Verse 15 says, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in in God. And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have what? In the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear, because feareth torment. He that feareth is not made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. And we ought to show that love boldly. Good night and God bless.